1: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
2: The NFL season is in full swing, and you might not be at the game, but you can still be in the action at betonline.ag. Ike, they've been our sponsors all year long, but they've got game spreads, totals, team player, and coaching props. online gives you more options to wager than any other place online. And Ike, That online casino, it never closes. I know you're huge on that too. 100
1: percent Like I told you, man, we're gonna go back to the east in New Orleans off for shelf. And they got that poor boy store called We Never Close. So Bet Online is the place to be. I like I like when you have a store that never close, man. They always give you options. It's like a late night coming from somewhere you're hungry. So if you just want to bet and you just waking up or you just coming from the bathroom or something, man, you just gotta bet online.
2: Like I gotta ask, you always mention the Po Boy Shop in New Orleans. When was the last time you went
1: there? Last time I went to that port, the actual Po Boy Shop was years, years ago. Now when I do go, they got a Po Boy Shop around my auntie's house. I always go to, but I just always remember from from middle school to high school. Man, every time we got hungry or something, and they let us out. Man, we went to we never closed and got us a nice hot sausage Po Boy.
2: I love that. To transition, head over to betonline.ag and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Again, that's betonline.ag and sign up today. Cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ike Taylor. Ike, I'm psyched for today's show because it is a 2 taylor podcast
1: today. Yeah, go ahead and introduce our new friend, Cam, that is, sitting in the cut, waiting for us.
2: (laughs) 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 My good friend and Nashville journalist Cameron Taylor joins today's show. And Cam, before we get into Steelers-Titans from this past weekend, you've done TV for nearly a decade. This is your very first podcast. I was surprised by that.
0: I mean, I know, I know, but I mean, Mark has been asking me to be on this podcast how many times have you asked me, Mark? I would say <laughs> probably up to a hundred times. So I had to say yes this time. So here I am.
1: Appreciate you. I
2: had to get the two Taylors on. I know you guys are probably long lost cousins somewhere down the line. So I had to get the two Taylor podcast. I, I felt that that was necessary. But Steelers-Titans this weekend, Ike, I wanted to get your reaction to Steven Goskowski. Seemed to have found the fountain of youth after his struggles as a kicker in week one. Were you as nervous as I was lined up for the 45 yard field goal to tie the game late in the fourth quarter and he missed. Ike, I just wanted to get to your takeaway from Sunday's game between the Titans and the Steelers.
1: Man, a classic playoff game. We will see each other again. Uh, the Tennessee Titans and the Pittsburgh Steelers will match up again in the playoffs. That's what I truly believe. I think I talked about that last week. You can just say, man, they, they in playoff form, especially the Tennessee Titans. What the Pittsburgh Steelers have to do, though, Mark and Cam, they got to learn how to close games out. There's been a couple of games the Houston Texas game, they didn't close out. The Tennessee Titans game, they didn't close out. And you start playing these teams, man, they start figuring ways and they start making field goals and they start closing games out. It's going to be an issue for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But right now, they're 6 0. What I like, they're a complete team. And they mean the Pittsburgh Steelers. They can do it all. You know, they, they special teams is legit. The run game is efficient. The passing game, you already know. The defense, you know, they, they cause turnovers. They're stout on the run. It's hard to pass on them. So it's just they, they got a nice little playoff recipe. And that guy, they got a nice little Super Bowl run playoff recipe. But at the same time, man, they just got to learn how to, you know, when you take somebody into deep water, you got to keep them in deep water. You know, and that's something they're not doing consistently. The Tennessee Titans always felt like, man, Coach Mike Vabel, he got that playoff recipe because he got a playoff personnel. He got two studs at the wide receiver position between Corey Davis and A.J. Brown, two guys who are 230, you know, 6'3, 230, T.O. ish kind of looking. So, them guys are built for the cold weather. You already, we talk about King Henry all the time. You know what I'm saying? What King Henry can do, <laughs> we all do. The time. We have yeah, T-shirts,
0: he, we have face masks with his name on it now. Hats, you name it.
1: Crown him, crown him, cause that's what he is at that running back position, man. He is the king. Then you have a defense, a veteran defense, especially in the secondary with Butler and, and Jonathan Joseph and Bayard and all them guys. Them guys been making money for a long time and making plays for a long time. That is so. You know, I always did like Mike Vrabel. I thought coming from the the Bill Belichick tree, uh, usually coaches don't excel because they try to act just like Coach Belichick. Mike Vrabel is himself all day, and that's a physical. We're going to line up. you going to know exactly what we're doing. I bet you can't stop us from four quarters kind of mentality. But it's just good just from being a Pittsburgh Steeler, a former Pittsburgh Steeler. Seeing the Pittsburgh Steelers going 6-0 again, I do think, We will see them in the playoffs.
2: I'll echo that. I think the four top teams in the AFC, you've got the Steelers, you've got the Titans. I would put the Ravens and the Chiefs in that mix. And it felt like a playoff game because early on, Steelers come out, score on their first four drives of the game. And it's like, oh, man, this is going to be a rout. And then in the second half, the Titans figured something out because the Steelers only scored three points in the second half. And it comes down to the wire and the Titans have done this all year long. It seems like overcoming large deficits and then coming back and winning. And I think a lot of that can be attributed to Ryan Tannehill's play at the quarterback position this year. Ken, one thing I wanted to ask you about is coming off of last season, the Titans went on a Cinderella run and they make the playoffs as a wild card, and they end up going to the AFC championship game. And that has carried over this season. Team starts out 5-1. and one. Just kind of what is the sentiment in Nashville with all of this right now? Just because the Titans seem to have found that recipe for success thus far in the 2020 season. Obviously, it's a little bit different in 2020 with all the struggles with the COVID-19 pandemic as well. But kind of what's the sentiment in Nashville right now?
0: Yeah, I, I think Mark fans were wondering first, are we even going to have a season, a traditional season? And now I think they're excited. I mean, for a while we were undefeated up until this past Sunday's game with the Steelers. So that, that was a little bit of a disappointment, I think, for fans. They were just like, all right, there's our undefeated run. But then again, fans know the team made some mistakes and they just want to go ahead and fix that. So I think that there is some – Drive to want some normalcy here. I mean, again, we can't have all the fans in the stadium just yet because we're under a phased reopening plan. So it's just a fraction, um, a few thousand fans allowed in. But, you know, to kind of fill the stadium, you've kind of seen this uh, at other venues. They can have, like, cardboard cutouts of fans and they've even put (laughs) uh, rescue pets in there to help adopt some of those so they can have some forever homes. So they've been creative to kind of make the players feel like it is a full stadium.
2: That's really interesting because I was going to ask you about Nissan Stadium allowing fans again. I believe that started in October, and please correct me if I'm wrong about how that's gone, but you said that there have been some rescue efforts with pets inside Nissan Stadium. That's that's incredible.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. With the uh, Humane Society, they've kind of put some pets up there that have been adopted and then others that still need – to find their forever home so that's been a cool effort it's been really successful we were actually just talking about on Sunday night's newscast so that's great to see so being creative here but also keeping in mind COVID-19 precautions so and I mean I was there when uh you know the Titans and Bills game was happening and you saw people you know kind of wanting to do those tailgate parties downtown but also we found out from those businesses that they're being super careful, you know, making sure that everyone's wearing a mask, that they don't have, you know, a temperature, a fever. So I do think that businesses are finding ways to make sure people are staying safe, but at the same time that they're having a good time because people uh, want that sense of normalcy, if you will.
2: And one thing, how that contrasts to Cameron, I know you moved to Nashville in December, 2018, and you come there first season Titans don't make the playoffs that next year in 2019, they go on their Cinderella run, but then also Nashville also hosted the NFL draft. And I remember watching that on TV. I've never seen the streets of Broadway more packed in my life. And so then you contrast with that, with this year of obviously the precautions that need to be in place that keep people safe at the same time, I know you've done some reporting too with business owners and how they've been impacted by all of this too, just, how how has that gone from okay the fan standpoint but then all the also the businesses that are associated with NFL football and Sundays with Nissan Stadium hosting the Titans for 8 weeks every fall
0: i think it's tough because you saw last year we had hundreds of thousands of people packing lower broadway shoulder to shoulder And it was just an incredible sight if you saw that overhead view, which I think a lot of people did, especially on social media. But then you fast forward to this year, and it's nowhere near like that. I mean, we've got so many precautions in place with regards to COVID-19. You have capacity limits. You know, businesses weren't open as late for a long time. They were shut down for a little bit, too. So it's been kind of up and down because Nashville has seen cases go up and down as well so I think the city's kind of adjusting as we go here Um, for a little bit we cases were going down but now we're seeing that rise not only in Nashville but kind of around us too so I definitely think that it's something that all of these cities in the mid-state are watching because they want to get these cases lowered again so there's that.
2: I, I'll go back to that you said earlier. You think that this Titans Steelers game could be a potential matchup, a rematch in the playoffs. I thought Sunday's game, there were two key plays in my mind that really stuck out to me. One was at the end of the game, the Titans are driving down the field. You've got Ryan Tannehill's intentional grounding penalty, he was under pressure. It bumped the Titans back. There's a 10 second runoff as well. And the Titans couldn't get as close on that game tying field goal that Goskowski attempted. And then how about that collision on the goal line between Robert Spillane and Derrick Henry? They always say football is a contact sport. It is a collision sport. But can you walk us through, like what that does for not just how you endear yourself to fans, but how you endear yourself to teammates to lay it all on the line like Spillane did on that play?
1: You put it on tape. And Ryan Clark was talking about this on his show. He said, man – and this is no disrespect uh, to King Henry. He was just like, man, I haven't seen King Henry be stiff arming a lot of guys who's in the secondary. Um, I, I really haven't seen a linebacker FaceTime King Henry yet. And here we go with Spillane. Like, Spillane comes, and, and that's for Pittsburgh, for an inside linebacker, that's the mentality you want to have. That's the mentality you want to put on tape, especially on that goal line. Cause on that goal line it feels like running backs and receivers and tight ends, they get superpowered. Cause they 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 see they see the they see the end of the light at that tunnel and that's that goddamn <laughs> goal line. And you can come in there half speed or or BSing around if you want to man. <laughs> you can get put on the poster. But we talked about Spillane last week and there there's been nothing but good news coming from training camp from Spillane. No, he is not a Vince. No, he is not a Devin Bush, but goddamn, he's a football player. And when I mean by football player, when you get an inside linebacker that don't mind not even risking not even risking their body on the line, it's actually putting it on tape. When you're able to put it on tape, you sending a message to everybody in the NFL that you're playing. I wish you would try to this run and play on me. This is the consequence.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And I think that I think that that play too is—you could hear the collision, right? And like with the fans in the stands, if it was a packed stadium, you know, it would have been a sellout under normal circumstances. You could really hear—like it sounded like a car crash.
1: No hesitation. And, And 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 I keep I keep telling Mark I keep telling you this. I say, man, them linebackers from when I played. They brainwash me to do exactly, <laughs> to do exactly that. Them boys brain, Ike, listen here. I need you to lay it out on the line for us. What you mean for us? For your brothers. What you mean for your brothers? I don't care how big this guy coming around this corner. Make sure you FaceTime him. So you mean to tell me just go in there with no hesitation? Yes, you need to be the sacrificial lamb. We need you to go in there. And that's just the Pittsburgh linebacker mentality. Now you start getting corners and which I saw in the game, uh, Joe Hayden and, and Nelson and company. They weren't coming up trying to blast Derrick Henry, but they was coming up setting the edge and making sure they turned everything back into the linebackers. But your run defense is only as good as the corners and the secondary guys who's willing to tackle. And that's what you saw on Sunday. And, and also – we saw between TJ Y and Bud Dupree, they ran through Derrick Henry to get to Tannehill. Hill. You know, it, it was it was let's make sure let's let's make sure Derrick Henry don't get started. I know y'all guys want to get y'all sacks up as outside linebackers, but let's take care of Derrick Henry first, then we can get to Tannehill. And 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 again I it's the coaching staff, Mark and Cam. It's the coaching staff man, because it's it's hard to re, it's hard to reset guys' brain and have them to buy in, especially at that outside linebacker position and how talented Bud Dupree and T.J. White are sitting out there. Man, them boys won't get to the quarterback. Them boys won't get to their sacks. But they understand now how important they are to the team, especially in the run game. And I, I thought I thought the inside was going to be solidified between Tyson, it and Cam. I, I, I didn't think that was going to be an issue for me. It was going to be the edge running and I thought between T.J. White and the Bud Dupree them guards and them tight ends, they had to solidify the edge. And that's exactly what they did, Martin Cam.
2: You're spot on, Ike. Derrick Henry had 20 carries, only 75 yards, which is a little bit lower than an output that you'd expect from King Henry.
1: They had one carry for 40. So if you take that yeah. one for 40, which you can't because he actually got it. But just he had that one for 40. You take that one for 40 away, he might have just had like 40 yards total.
2: And I know he ended up scoring on that same drive with the tackle with Spillane at the goal line, but it just goes to show you how effective the Steelers defense was against the Titans offense. Let's take a quick break to tell you about the Seattle shirt company with shoppers, buying everything online these days, getting those holiday gifts for family and friends is going to be harder than ever. There's no need to worry because our friends at the Seattle shirt company Has got us covered. Jay and the team have built an unbelievable selection of NFL and NBA jerseys for everyone on your list. These jerseys are 100% authentic, and it comes from current superstars like LeBron James to all time legends like a Jim Brown or a Kareem Abdul Jabbar, Walter Payton. Seattle Shirt Company has it all. And right now, for our listeners, we have a special one time only. Black Friday, Cyber Monday deal. Everything you buy at seattleshirt.com is 30% off. So head to seattleshirt.com and enter the code Believe. that's B-L-E-A-V, at checkout for 30% off your entire order. Shipping is always free. Seattle Shirt Company, helping you get ready for the holidays a little bit early. Ike, another guy I want to give a shout-out to on the Steelers defense is Vince Williams. You've mentioned him week in and week out and you always look at the tape because the tape, the tape tells all. But if you look at his statistical output, too, that's starting to reinforce that point. He leads the NFL with 11 tackles for loss.
1: I've been with this kid since high school. He's from Orlando. I've been with V-Dub, Vince Williams, since he was in ninth grade. I had to tell him to slow down on his bench press because he was doing like four or five in the ninth grade. I said, bro, if you keep lifting heavy like this, man, you're going to be a robot and you're not going to be able to move. <laughs> so, <laughs> for real, like, he he came he came into the in facility, the Coach Shaw facility, just, like, swollen and rough. I said, man, who this linebacker is in the league? They said, nah, man, this dude in high school. I said, what, in high school? I said, man, how many times he fell? I said, man, they dude hit big as hell. And the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, we – they, they they asked me for the senior bowl, who is Vince Williams? And all I told Kevin Colvin and Coach T was, he's a stealer. I said, all he want to do is run around and hit people and inflict pain hard as he can. That's all a young man want to do. And you saw that Florida State. It just so happened he has an IQ and he's very smart. You know, damn, that graduated in three and a half years. He got everything you're looking for for an inside linebacker. And he's a Pittsburgh Steelers. So, B-Dub, you know, they, they got back to using him, what he does, and that's being physical. That's attacking the line of scrimmage. That's tracking guys down. That's smacking people in the face. That's getting sacks. Like, that's what Vince Williams does well. You know, every blue moon, you'll put him in the coverage, you know, his own coverage to, to cover area. But for the most part, man, he's the one – He's the quarterback of that defense. You know, he's the one lining everybody up. He's the one who was allowing Devin Bush to to roam freely and and really not having the chance to think a lot because they wanted to use his talent. And he never gets the credit. But like you say, Mark, he's finally starting to get the credit he deserves.
2: Like that's good looking out by you. I know we've talked off the pod a few times to where – a guy's a beast in the weight room. And the analogy you told me was he looks like Tarzan and plays like Jane. So that's good looking out by you,
1: Ike. Yeah, 100%. Like he, he looked like Tarzan and play like Hulk. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> a
2: couple of other things I want to get to from the game. I, I thought the key was the Steelers third down conversions. The Titans couldn't get off the field converting 13 of 18 third downs, and that helped control the clock in this one. If you looked at the time of possession, the Steelers dominated in this one, too, and I think that also helped in the sense that Big Ben threw three picks, and I know sometimes we we'll do good call, bad call, Ike. That interception right before the end of the first half, I thought, okay, you're trying to take a shot downfield to Deontay Johnson to get yet another touchdown, get 5, 10, 15 yards, set up an easier field goal for Chris Boswell instead of being overly aggressive and throwing a ball into double coverage and it was intercepted. That's something Big Ben's done a great job of this season is avoiding turnovers. He entered the game with only one interception thrown. So hopefully that gets cleaned up. But I think that's how the Titans stayed in this game because they didn't turn the ball over and the Steelers turned the ball over three times on
1: Sunday. If it's anybody I'm going to throw a jump ball to, it's, it's not going to be Deontay Johnson. It's going to be Chase Claypool. And that's that's what I thought Seven should have done. You know, and, and protecting that ball is everything because now you're giving them, you them momentum, let alone you're just giving them extra possessions. And they're going to stick to, regardless on what, you know, the, the score is, they're going to stick to their recipe. And their recipe is King Henry. They're not going to shy away from their game plan. So it's, it's going to be stop me, watch this play action pass it. You know, between they two wide receivers, man, I, I'm a huge fan of Corey Davis and A.J. Brown, man. This, them, them guys are hard to stop. Like, you, when you hit those guys, you got to hit those guys like you hitting Derrick Henry. You can't come up there and, and BS and think you're just going to get an arm tackle in because them guys too big. But, yeah, seven, seven, seven did some – Seven had some throws that I thought was very questionable, that I thought he really forced. And you got to understand – That's just how the Tennessee Titans are built. We're never out in the game. That's just their mentality.
2: Cameron, let me ask you this. I know last season you thought you might be going down to Miami to cover this team in the Super Bowl. Obviously, they fall short to the Chiefs in the AFC Championship game. Have you had a conversation with your news director yet about the possibility of the Titans playing in Super Bowl 55? That'll be in Tampa, your hometown as well. Just curious about what the plan has been like for your coverage with regards to this Titans team. Again, 5-1 and one in a really good spot through seven weeks of the NFL season.
0: To answer your question, no, I haven't had a conversation with my news director yet. I think we're just kind of waiting and seeing what happens because we just had the debate last week, so it's been mm-hmm. really busy here in Nashville. But I think that if they do go to the Super Bowl, there will be some big coverage plans. I would suspect um, because the Titans haven't gone to the Super Bowl in a long time, and they have not won a Super Bowl ever. So this would be a big deal on all fronts if they go and they win. So. I would say stay tuned and there you might see me on that coverage. I would definitely ask to go because, like you mentioned, it is in my hometown and this would be awesome. Two worlds colliding right there. So we'll have to wait and see.
2: I know you wanted to ask Ike a question too, Kim. So I'll give uh, the floor is yours.
0: Yeah, of course. I got to ask the other Taylor a question. So Ike, it's going to be a Nashville question for you. But, you know, what do you remember the most from your time? Uh, playing when it came to Nashville, playing the Titans.
1: I was born in a city, but I'm a country. By, I'm a country guy by heart. So just going into to Nashville, it, it kind of reminds me because I'm from New Orleans. So it reminds me of a, a a bigger, even though New Orleans has a big name and reputation. It just reminds me of being back home. You know, the the brick roads, um, the jazz, the country music. I look at New Orleans as a soulful place, and I can say the same thing about Nashville. It's a it's a soulful country, you know, city and uh, the food. And here we go. You talk about New Orleans with the food, you can go right along with Nashville and talk about Nashville with the food. You know oh, what we I'm have saying? all the
0: good food. We have the hot chicken. We have the barbecue. Uh, definitely, you're trying to lose a few pounds. It's not going to happen here to eat all that. <laughs> yeah,
1: so I, I, look, I look at Nashville as the cousin of New Orleans, you know. So it, it, when I was there, I just felt like I was back at home at the crib. Like, damn, I'm back in New Orleans. Um, that, that was just that kind of feel between the people, the vibe, the food, the music, between everything. You know, as far as like landscape, y'all got way better landscape. Then we do, you can get to the mountains, you can go skiing, you can do whatever y'all want to. You can go to the lake. It's, it's kind of hard for us to do that because we don't have that kind of landscape. But Nashville, man, I, you know, it's, it's been on a rise since I've been tax-free state. It's been on a rise since I've been in the league. Like a lot of athletes, a lot of country music, singers, you know, they, they made Nashville home, and I see why.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've never seen more celebrities than when I moved here. I mean, it just seems like yep. – you know, pre-pandemic, we were seeing a lot of celebrities. And even, you know, during the pandemic, you'll see still see some of those celebrities, you know, out and about sometimes. But Nashville has grown so much probably since the last time you were here. They called it the it city for a while. We've got things like Amazon coming to town and all of these uh, high rises too. So it's definitely a city on the rise. The pandemic has kind of put a pause in some of those plans, but I do think that, you know, this community really comes together. I mean, we really saw that during the pandemic especially, and we had the tornadoes right before, so I don't know if you knew that. We had some tornadoes move through our area about a week before the pandemic hit, so it was kind of a a double whammy there. So mm-hmm. I definitely think, feel like living here almost two years, you definitely see that community vibe and just people wanting to help each other. So I'm hoping, you know, that's what's going to continue into 2021 and that the city will rebound. So we're, we're starting to see some of that.
1: No, Nashville, a cool city, bro. That, that's from, from my memory, that was the vibe just off the rip, how I felt about Nashville. I felt like it was New Orleans, you know, uh, cousin. So say I don't want to say big, big brother, little brother, because if we talk about that, uh, <laughs> Nash- Nashville for sure is is going to surpass landscaping-wise New Orleans on on everything they're going to do in Nashville. You know, New Orleans is pretty much maxed out. What you see is what you get in New Orleans because of the history. That's just how it is. But Nashville, man, I can only imagine in ten years. I ain't been there in three, so I can only imagine in ten what that thing gonna look like.
2: Cam, when I would come visit you, it seems like we were always going out and getting food somewhere, whether that's like brunch in the gulch. I always found myself eating food that I don't typically eat. And it's so good where it's just like, I usually don't eat catfish, but I'm going to try it because I'm in Nashville. Uh, I know Acme Feed and Seed has the fried catfish, and then they've got that peace and plenty hot sauce, which I don't even like hot sauce. But it's so good. And it's just like every time I come to visit you, that's something I always look forward to just because sharing a meal with someone else, that's just such a communal thing. And so I'm, I'm glad we could do this today, guys, as we start to wrap up here on the Believe in Steelers podcast. The Steelers have the Ravens next weekend. Ike, I cannot wait for this one. It'll be the round one matchup between the AFC North rivals. The Ravens opened as a five and a half point favorite. Some lines had it at six. That line is now down to three and a half. Ravens coming off a bye week. And again, that all stems back to when the Steelers and the Titans were supposed to play in week four. Obviously, that got bumped back to week seven. Titans have the Bengals and the Titans are a six-point favorite. I would expect the Titans to rebound. But going against the Steelers this weekend, and Ike, I know the disdain that you have for Baltimore just with your playing career, but also the respect as well, just considering the rivalry in the AFC North between the Steelers and the Ravens. Oh, man,
1: this game is going to be top of the AFC, period. When you mention the three who you think going to come out, the four who you think are going to come out, man, you got to say Tennessee, Pittsburgh, Ravens, Kansas City Chiefs. That's the top four, which you're looking at right now. And don't let Cleveland just sneak in right now. You still got to look at that. You know how it is, man. It's a mutual understanding that we hate each other between the Ravens and the Pittsburgh Steelers, like – you already know this is like a person you don't like, man. When I see in the street, you know we're fighting on site. Like that that's just that's just how it is. <laughs> that's just how it is between the two. Again, a mutual respect because of the organization and the way we draft and build ours, the way they draft and build their organization. It's like it's like looking in the mirror. It's gonna be a tough one, man. This one, this one right here. I need Pittsburgh to take an L. And I know this is going to sound weird. The reason why I need Pittsburgh to take an L because I need to see how they're going to respond, how they're going to bounce back. I don't know if they're going to take an L this week, but I was just thinking in my head when I was playing Tennessee, like, I hope Tennessee go out and give them this L so they can shake back because you don't want to go through a season undefeated. I feel like football is a way of life, and right now it's not life for, for us still the fans. It's good as a fan. I know as a former player, when we went fifteen and one man, we were sitting high on a lot of things. You know, we wind up getting our butt kicked in the playoff game. So I just need the young guys to to understand the highs and to manage the lows. Seven know how to take care of it. Maurice, I know all the veteran guys, the Cam guys, they would know how to take care of the L. Cody Staff would know how to take care of the L. So this L for me would be more towards the young guys on what it is and how you need to respond and practice and bounce back. I'm saying Baltimore about three. Okay. I'm saying I'm saying I'm saying Baltimore by three.
2: There's gonna be a bullseye on the Steelers back just because they're the last undefeated team left in the NFL. Seahawks lost and then the Titans obviously lost this past weekend. I'll say this. Initially when the line opened up at five and a half six, I was like, okay, I like the Steelers to cover that, but I'm gonna take the Ravens to cover I'll take the Ravens to cover that three and a half just because they're going to be at home and coming off the bye week, which I think is huge huge because they have that extra week to prepare for this game and prepare for an AFC North rival that you're going to see again so this is going to be round one of this matchup and then Ike this game the rematch is going to be on Thanksgiving night so get your popcorn ready because this is going to be round one of what could be a two maybe a three round matchup if the Ravens and Steelers play again in the playoffs. And then again, if the Steelers play the Titans again in the playoffs, that's another matchup that I can see, but I think we've identified those top four teams in the AFC. And uh, I I would expect all four of those teams to make it. I think you make a great point too about the Browns Ike, because the Browns at five and two, they're looking pretty good other than getting whipped against Baltimore in week one. And then two weeks ago against the Steelers, but they're looking pretty good despite some injuries that they've had. So a really competitive AFC North division, see if the Steelers can keep it rolling on Sunday. And again, the Titans will have the bangles. Uh, Cam, just wanted to provide you any final thoughts you had before we sign off here.
0: I just appreciate being on the podcast first one and appreciate you, Mark. Cam
1: 10 years on TV. First time on the podcast. We got to get you more on board, bro.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I could not agree more. I'll go ahead and sign off here for Nashville reporter Cameron Taylor and my guy, Believe in Steelers, co-host Ike Taylor. Thank you for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. Ike and I will see you next week after Steelers and Ravens. Cannot wait for that one. Take care and so long, everybody.
1: Peace.